Good day, everybody, and welcome to the Vittles and Vitals podcast, where we talk about important stuff and how that stuff connects to food, because everything connects to food. I'm Jay Reed. I'm the father. And I'm Jacob Reed, the son, and we're your hosts. So today we are back for, I guess, what we're going to call season three, or the third semester of the podcast. One might say the third trimester okay I don't, think, I don't know what happens after that there's that was, only that was a little far there's no quadmester you know trimester is the last uh of that breed so anyway ooh, Freudian slip there anyway <laughs> i don't even know what that means Some will get it. continue Some. on continue on <laughs> so we are back after the summer we took a little brief hiatus because jacob was in the land of far far away and didn't have his phone most of the week. And when he did have his phone, it was sketchy signal at best. So where were you, Jacob? Well, actually, I was in uh, Central Texas region of Texas. Wow, that was a little redundant. I was working <laughs> at Pine Cove uh, in Central Texas, which is like Columbus, Texas, which is about an hour west of Houston on I-10. So it's a little speck of town where there are more people in the cemetery than the actual town and the only reason anybody under the age of like 65 is there is for pine cove so okay i was working at a summer camp and look at that our topic today is summer camp i love it most of america loves it what are your thoughts dad well i do think it's an appropriate topic appropriate you can see we're a little rusty here on the microphones today we're actually just to let the listeners know we used to do this together in the studio jacob is now in north carolina and i'm still in mississippi so we are this is our first uh go round uh doing this from from points unknown or we know where each other are but um i'm sure that was wrong english too my mother will surely tell me soon um but there's there's something about to happen, and so we're just going to add a little bit of a new feature to a new segment to the podcast, at least for the next several episodes, and that is Countdown to Wedded Bliss. So, Jacob, how many days is it until you will be married? Well, this is definitely a lot earlier in the podcast than I was expecting, but as of you need, today... You need to pause and do some math. Google, you can actually look up like how many days until this date and it gives it to you. So we are 69 days out from my marriage. 69 days. And we would have gotten married about in the central time zone in about 13 minutes. That's right. In my time zone, we have been married for 47 minutes. So however you right. So I guess we, we really did it right. I mean, it's 69 days in about 13 minutes from the time of this recording until you will be well, you'll still be Jay Reed, Jacob Reed, but uh, she will be yes, Lindsay Reed. She will have received a new last name, so that's exciting for dun, everybody dun, dun. for sure. Well, I think she's kind of embraced it already. Sorry, Terry and Becky, but <laughs> I think she's she's already into the name, and we're happy to have her in the Reed clan. So we're going to talk about camp uh, and why camp is important. And I, I know when I look back at camp. Pretty much every summer from the fourth grade on, I was at camp somewhere. Um, things have changed, obviously, a lot. But but in fourth, fifth, and sixth grade, 
Um, I was at camp, children's camp from church. And then, of course, from seventh grade through high school was all youth camps of various places and sorts. And so I thought I'd just kind of kind of walk through the do kind of a memory lane walkthrough of my uh, camp experiences, if that's yeah, all right. No, for sure. Uh, my experiences are much more recent, so I should have maybe a little bit easier time uh, pulling them from the old from the old memory bank. So you take it away. <laughs> Yeah, well, fourth, fifth, and sixth grade was interesting. I pretty much, to far as I know, we were all, and of course, we're in Mississippi, and uh, we we're just a few hours from Sardis Lake and the John Kyle State Park, and that's where we stayed those three years. And I remember, um, you know, being in these bunk houses and the the nasty showers, and you know, the we'd walk up or ride up to the main building and have our our meetings there in the room with the big fireplace and all this. And what's interesting about that, and you'll see a pattern with all of my camp experiences. Um, that was fourth grade, fifth grade, sixth grade. And when I went to college, I was at Ole Miss, which was only about 30 minutes from that place. We did a lot of BSU retreats there. So it was kind of like came full circle. So you got fourth grade up to college, same place. Mm -hmm. And then in seventh grade, now let me back up because I have a feeling I mean, we literally stayed in the same bunkhouses as college students as we did as fourth graders. So my guess is a lot of the same pranks were played on each other. This is before we we have a youth minister now that doesn't do pranks, and I kind of appreciate that. Um, but that was I didn't have that youth minister when I was in, in youth, and there was a lot of pranks. Anyway, moving forward um, in seventh grade, uh, that was my first year as a youth. We went to Ridgecrest Baptist Conference Center near uh, Black Mountain, North Carolina, which is outside of Asheville, North Carolina. And, you know, that was really cool because there's mountains and it's beautiful and all that. And um, when I became an adult, I moved to Asheville. And there were several times I went out there to see concerts. And um, one time I went to a missions conference out there because I knew some people who were going to be there. I knew the speaker it was going to be Calvin Miller. And, um, R.I.P. Calvin Miller, and you know, he was one of my favorite authors and speakers. I'd met him before, um, and anyway, we I'm, I went out there and met some key people that literally I won't go into detail, but that being at Ridgecrest as an adult set me up for really the next decade of my life. It, it changed my life um, drastically the way um, the people I met then. So that's another story for another day. But again, seventh grade, grown up, same place. Eighth grade was Gulf Shore Baptist Assembly, which has the um, unfortunate um, status now of being wiped off the planet. Thank you, Katrina, the hurricane. So went there as an eighth grader. And the key moment of my eighth grade experience was a group of girls that there was a group of guys. Of course, you know, every camp, if you think back, uh, I won't say you, me. When I think back to all the camps, I can think about the, you know, the, those that I had a crush on or little camp flings or whatever. And I'm not going to say that I had a camp fling here, but um, we did meet a group of girls from Star, Mississippi. And who is the most famous star from Star that you know? Oh, oh, the, oh this is the know. one I'm supposed to respond to because I know the story. <laughs> you were you were looking like you it's knew the answer. It's good old Faith Hill, correct? Faith Hill, who was then Faith Perry and met her when she was a seventh grader and I was an eighth grader just out of those grades. And, um, I do have pictures from that supposedly, summer. Supposedly. I don't, 
There was Nobody no, has seen these pictures. You know, we didn't do selfies at that point. It wasn't like, you know, I held the camera up and took a picture of the two of us. So there are people in my circle who don't actually believe that I met her just because I have a picture of her. But the truth is I did and uh, became good friends with her friend, Allison, who am I more or less still in touch with, uh, got back in touch with as an adult. And, um, but yeah, GBA, I came back to there as a faculty member. I actually taught youth, uh, for a summer, maybe the summer before my second or third senior year. I can't remember which senior year it was. I had so many, but, um, did go back there to teach and I don't know how long ago. Well, however long Katrina was, uh, whenever that was, that's, 2000, that's when 2004. GBA, yeah. We were not in the country at the were. time. But, um, it was a hot mess. And I think other hurricanes had, had beat down on it and, but Katrina pretty much did it in. So it, it's no longer there. After that, you know, camp's kind of a blur. High school, I don't really remember much about going to Panama City maybe one time. And I think I went back there one time as a teacher, as a counselor, or some such nonsense. Um, but it's just kind of weird. Everything's kind of a circle of life uh, deal. Every, everywhere I went as a youngster, I've been back to in some capacity as an adult, at least the places I remember. So I know you had a different experience um, as a camp. Not, not talking about camp like you being the all the different things that you've done at, at Pine Cove, but as a youth, y'all kind of did camp differently. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I think I've had a really varied form of camp experience because being a scout, being in youth, going on to Canacook my senior year, so I got to do a really wide range. Um, the only like real circle of life thing I ever did uh, kind of was with Camp Seminole, which was the Boy Scout camp of our local area little tiny camp don't have much there kind of kind of a shack ram shack kind of area ramshackle yeah i don't know if that's the word to use in here in this situation it was it was super beat down kind of it was rustic very rustic for sure rustic as scout camp should be yes so you know very cheap kind of style of camp, but I went as a camper for a couple of years, got my merit badges. And then in high school, I ended up going up to staff level. Um, and I taught, I was a lifeguard there. That's wild. I know. And I also was the head rowing instructor was one of kind of my weird talents. I was a pretty solid, kind of wild. I was a pretty good rower. So they put me, I was like the head rowing instructor. So I taught a bunch of like middle school boys how to row and I could like parallel park, uh, a rowboat. I remember that. Yeah, that was that was my special talent. I could like from about like 10 feet out, I could turn at the right angle and just like drift in to a parking spot. It was that's a skill not many people have. Yeah. So don't know if I could still do it, but I could back then. Um, but yeah, when doing um, youth camps back then, we didn't really go with like the church. We didn't really go to a re- like a resort area per se. A lot of times it was to like a university. So my ninth grade year, maybe we went to Wake Forest University for student life camp and did like a mission style camp. So every day we would be there for the sessions and then out of the sessions, we would go and do like mission projects around Winston-Salem area. Uh, We did do. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, we did go to PCB, Panama City Beach. They have like a like a I guess like a Gulf Shores kind of style thing, you know, a bunch of buildings, a cafeteria. Oh, yeah stuff like that. Mom actually went there. It was a centrifuge camp. Mom was a chaperone for that one. So that was kind of fun. 
See, I went to someplace coffee called Laguna Beach. Yeah. Um, so look that at that. The name of the you and I have gone to the same resort. Circle of life. Circle of life. I actually led a camp there one time. I was a, when I worked at Getwell uh, for that summer, we ran a week of camp and we did it at Laguna. So okay. I have experience planning a week of summer camp. Wow. But ultimately, like the the largest camp experience I have was uh, working at Pine Cove. Um, did that for three summers, did two counseling summers, a work crew director summer. We'll talk about that later. Um, and just really and also, got... just before you get too deep into Pine Cove, you did a very a really unique thing with Canacook. Yeah, I was about to circle back to that because I just oh, remember sorry. that. I, yeah, I, I remember that we were going to talk about that. Yeah, 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 I actually ahead. did a scuba diving camp at um Canacook. so that basically means uh Canacook is a kind of the same style of camp as pine cove so they have a lot of camps they handle a lot of ages but they have the high adventure camps for older guys and girls so we showed up um got a cabin of all the high adventure people had three counselors two guys and a girl and they're like all right y'all are gonna learn how to scuba dive so we went and we like learned how to scuba dive in the pool learned about all of our equipment how to use it we scuba dived in the lakes of Missouri, like learned how to do all of our dives there. And then they were like, we're going to load up in vans and go to Florida for a week. So we got to do a week of diving in Florida. They like drove all the way from Missouri to Florida, Florida. And one day we slept in hammocks in like a national park, ate outside, and then just got up, had our morning devos, went and scuba dived to lunch, then scuba dived after lunch, ate dinner socialized hung out fellowship whatever you want to call it and then we just did that we did a boat dive we did a barge dive we did a battleship dive we just got a really cool experience out of that which was kind of crazy because we had been in florida at disney as a family and drove back to mississippi washed all your clothes in one night packed them got up the next morning took you and a friend to missouri basically in the ozarks and then you got in the van and went back to Florida, back to Missouri when you went to the boat dive. Yeah, we did the boat dive. Confused. I know listeners can't see your confused look, but um, I mean, you went back and forth and back and forth. You covered some miles that summer. I did. I did. Uh, and then after that, I forgot about this. I went to Philmont after that as well. That's no, right. I went to Philmont after that as well, which basically was a two week long, they call it a Boy Scout ranch. It's like a summer camp on steroids except you hike everywhere like good long hikes so that was i covered a lot of miles that summer in a lot of different ways cycling <laughs> back to pine cove once more uh i think you know part of the point of this podcast is to talk about why we think summer camp is essential because that's going to be our our vital part of this and i actually wrote a paper on why i thought um summer camps were important uh it was like an academic research paper so i read a bunch of articles and did stuff like that was this in your engineering class uh no it was in my freshman college fresh freshman college english paper oh okay all right so like i had a reason to write it honestly not a lot of research out there except for one study that was kind of like the focus point of my thing but there was a a summer camp that took burn victims like kids that had like very severe burns and they did a study on whether or not like going to the summer camp, like before and after they did like a 
questionnaire about happiness and well-being and stuff like that. And there was like dramatic improvement between the two. Uh, and most of the studies that I saw, which were all kind of like, you know, we're looking at kids, but we don't know how it's going to be in like 20, 30 years. Like none of them were that long, but most of them were saying that there's probably a pretty positive correlation to kids going to summer camp, just being away from the parents, learning new things, having new experiences. So that was pretty good. A big thing for me though, um, coming out of Pine Cove is that we were a family camp. So basically for those at home that don't know what that means, family camp is a camp that has full family. So we, the youngest camper that I have ever seen was 10 days old. That is Yikes. days. Like it gained seven days of its life while at camp and it like doubled its age. So it was wild <laughs> to we've had grandparents that are like 75 years old. So every age in between, most of the time it's families, two or three kids, unless you have those a couple of families that have like 11, they exist out there. It's wild. But basically they look forward to this week of camp all summer long, all year long. We've been compared to Disney and kids will be asked like, do you want to go to Disney this world this year or family camp? And they always say family camp. And it just has been, I've heard countless stories from parents about, I've had moms cry to me being so excited for taking a week where they don't have to make a single meal or don't have to worry about what they're going to eat or having to clean up and dad's just getting to hang out with their kids and they don't have to be at work. So cool experiences like that. One that sticks out to me personally is I was talking with a mom one day and she was talking about how the year before this is my first summer. So the year before they weren't able to go to Pine Cove that year. Cause I think they had a wedding or something pop up. So they had already paid their way and everything. So they just said to Pine Cove, like here is our slot. It's already paid for. Just give it to the next person on the waiting list. Because there's waiting lists of 30, 40 families waiting to get into camps. And Pine Cove did that. And the family met them the next year. And they were the, the family that got that slot had been at the point where the dad was about to sign um, divorce papers kind of situation. And like the week of camp, they said like saved their marriage. And you just hear situations like that from time to time. Just families like coming into camp like on their wits end and then leaving like on fire for the Lord. Um, yeah, that's, that's pretty incredible. And I know, I remember, I don't know how much you can say about this, so you may have to edit this out later, but um, our, the story that of your camp experience there that, that kind of meant the most to me as your parent was the, the little boy that had cancer that you kind of were the, I, I think there's a better word. You were the, what did you call it? A buddy counselor buddy counselor so because he couldn't uh, physically just didn't have the energy to to do all the other things that a lot of the guys the kids his age were doing so you were the buddy counselor you hung out with him all week special and and did other things with him that you know that he could manage and i just remember seeing uh facebook posts and stuff from the mom and dad after that summer you know just what what a special time that was and i you know i just never heard of anything like that so i i wish kind of we had known about family camp uh way back when um but super glad that you've been able to be a part of it and i think that is kind of if you look back you know i may as we get into the food part you know i've never i can barely remember anything that i ate during those pretty much just cafeteria food everywhere i went and you know maybe a hamburger i remember going to band camp at mississippi state i kind of forgot about that but you know lots of um, 
you know, we'd go to Perry, which you've eaten at now, because having been a student there and we'd go to, um, what used to be the, the grill at the union is no longer exists as, as it was, but, but that would be fun because we'd go there at night. That's really what I remember about camp food is the, is the hamburgers at Mississippi state at band camp. And that's pretty much the extent of my, my food memories. Uh, but the, as far as the camp memories themselves, I mean, I've got friends, like I said, that I still stay in touch with, uh, people from band camp that I met that I wouldn't have met otherwise. Um, you know, lines band wasn't, camp per se but you kind of it was kind of the same um so those kinds of experiences create memories and friendships and relationships that you know that that could can last a lifetime and i know you've got uh as we do the countdown away to bliss i mean you've got um didn't you tell me that one of your groomsmen is um did i just steal your line again yeah you you were already on that way but i mean you can say it i can say it it doesn't matter but yeah um, Pine Cove honestly opened up a whole section of friends that I didn't know just because, you know, I'm living with 21 guys or 30 guys and, you know, a hundred square feet of housing or something like that. Like we're all jam packed in there together, living together. So I have a ton of really close friends that exist in Texas and I just don't ever see them. But one of them, Micah Overman, uh, one of my best friends in the world, uh, we got to know each other at camp and now he's going to be one of my groomsmen in my wedding. And like, I would have never met him without getting the opportunity to work in Texas. So yeah, camp awesome. opens up relationships that you never would have thought. So I know that just the stories that you've told about the food, um, just amaze me because I've never been to a camp that has food like, like you for the first couple of summers, the food that you ate. And then this summer, I don't know if you actually cooked or, or washed the dishes, but uh, you were actually in the kitchen. So let's move on to the food <clears throat> food focus and tell us what uh, kind of some of the, the cool things that you ate. Yeah, so just for those at home that have no idea what I did, um, basically this summer, I was my title was assistant work crew director. So basically that means I was co-partners with the work crew director, my good friend Caroline, and we basically ran the kitchen. So we were in charge of everything from washing dishes. We were in charge of the cooks, making sure that, that all that stuff got out on time. We were in charge of presentations. And basically, if it happened within our dining hall, we were in charge of it, in addition to like pretty much everything else in camp. But we ran, we ran a pretty large portion of camp. But what that meant is that I had an opportunity to serve the meals a lot. I was in charge of... I cooked every once in a while, wasn't my job, but sometimes, you know, you just got to hop in, did a lot of prep work in my time, but Pine Cove family camp food is not what you expect. You know, every time when you think camp food, you think, and this is what I thought for the longest time, you know, powdered eggs in the morning, bacon that you can like look through cause it's so thin <laughs> burgers that came out of a ziploc bag beforehand kind of situation like really highly processed high carb foods and not denying that pine cove family camp food is high carb because it's loaded with carbs uh but i'm just gonna list off some um kind of stuff that we ate on the daily and then we'll have a quick section about like what date night and banquet night looked like because it was a whole nother thing so just some things that we typically had we had chicken on ciabatta with a pesto aioli for lunch one day 
we had burger with a like a toppings platter that had bacon, chili, fried eggs, avocado, lettuce, tomatoes. Uh, we had pot roast and mashed potatoes one night for dinner. Uh, homemade lasagna one night for dinner. Uh, what else did we have? We for the kids one day we had fried chicken and mac and cheese, but like the mac and cheese was made by hand. On Sunday nights, which was the first meal of the week, we had chicken fried chicken. So these big hunks of chicken, just deep fried with, um, we got a fryer this year. So that was a big deal. So everything started being fried, which great. They made, no, we used to bake everything. Get out. No, it was a big deal when we got the double fryers. It was great. Wow. And then mac and cheese, green beans. We had this thing called fruit of the forest pie, which is this delicious pie just jammed fruit full of fruit ice cream on top of it so you can tell that all these desserts are very flavorful all these foods are just kind of really really top notch we had pancakes and french toast in the morning and then eggs sausage potatoes all that good stuff so yeah Um, i can't remember ever having an avocado at camp i'm not sure i ever even had an avocado till i was an adult but uh it's pretty yeah, wild to say that's the pretty least. that is pretty wild i mean you know have a fried egg on a hamburger and i didn't have that till i moved overseas and that's pretty pretty delicious but here's here's the one that you're gonna love the most so on friday nights we had barbecue crazy so basically one of our cooks my good friend austin would spend two days doing nothing but smoking meat and at this thing so we would literally put a, just a platter of these meats on there it would be sausage, smoked turkey, brisket, pulled pork, and then sometimes we would have sliced pork, depending on how much pork we had. And I'm just talking loads of meat on top of it with beans and everything. It was one of the best meals of the week, but you felt awful afterward because you just <laughs> consumed so much just meat. I mean, that that's so Texas to have it a is- ginormous platter of meat and have, especially in that part of Texas you're really close to where the uh, the sausage guys, I can't, McLean, Texas, I think, and other places uh, that are famous for the sausage because of the German influence there from German settlers and such as that. And and then you've got, of course, brisket. Uh, you know, we're getting into another a barbecue episode that we need to do later. But, but um, yeah, I mean, it sounds so Texas, everything you just described there. Yeah, and it was great. But where... Pine Cove really shines is what we call date night and banquet night. So on Tuesdays and Thursday nights, we the kids are taken away from the parents. They do do their own thing. And parents have date night where it's just the couples. And then they have banquet night, which is kind of what I would describe it as a group date. And because of my position, I got to eat this food every week. Um, so on Tuesday night, we would have filet mignon or you could get the fish, which I think was like a mahi-mahi with like this really delicious um, sauce poured on top. And then on Thursday, you could either get the chicken marsala, which was like chicken stuffed with like goat cheese, sun-dried tomatoes with a marsala sauce on it, or the smoked pork chop. It was three fingers. So for those at home, that was about six to eight inches tall. So it was a hunk of meat. Uh, I've seen two people actually finish it. It was glorious to watch. Um, This is the pork chop you're talking about? The pork chop. It was huge. It was a massive pork chop. But the best part was, is that sometimes we would get that food, but sometimes our cooks would just go wild. So we had some pork belly that was about to go bad. So they smoked the pork belly 
And it was maybe one of the best things I've ever put in my mouth. And it was super well done. Like he made his own sauce for this and it was, it was great. So that sounds amazing. Yeah. We even added, uh, virgin margaritas and drinks towards the end because <laughs> on Thursdays we would have adult pool parties. So the, they would have street tacos with beef, chicken, shrimp, um, carnitas out there. And then we started doing virgin drinks out there for them as well. So easy to wow. see that Pine Cove family camp food was off the charts and I got to eat it all. Now, what about you? You've forgotten the, uh, the cowboy thing. Oh, yes. Cowboy breakfast. So that's actually where I got to know Micah really well. Basically, um, it's an adult only activity, uh, but the parents would ride out to cowboy breakfast, which we make to seem way off in the distance. Like it's really not. It's like right off the road. Just we keep it well hidden. And two guy staffers would show up at 5 a.m. and they would cook eggs, hash browns, bacon, coffee, tortillas, and they would cook it all over open flame. And it was the best breakfast you could get because the bacon, um, we bought a special type of bacon for it. And it was like super thick cut, cut bacon, cooked in a cast iron skillet. Everything was cooked in cast iron, got that smoky flavor. And it was really tough getting up at 5 a.m. so often, but the food was well worth it. And then they also made breakfast cobbler, which was Ooh. cobbler you eat in the morning. And it was delicious. Why not? I know. It was, it's the best part. I mean, Most families rules anyway. <laughs> yeah. Parents love it. So. So that's an adult thing too, huh? Adult only. Like the kids eat pretty well as well. Oh no, the kids the kids eat fine. They love they love what they get to eat. That chicken tender and mac and cheese lunch was honestly really good. Yeah, we need to get we need to talk to Pineco about sponsoring us because pretty much they've gotten the big uh, the big boost out of this episode. <laughs> yeah, all all fourteen of our listeners. Actually, one of them, I found out one of them is actually a camper at Pineco, so that was wild as well. Shout out to him. Well, it is time that you have all been waiting for. It is time for our favorites of the bye week. Dad, <laughs> what is your favorite? <laughs> favorites of the bye week. We'll see. We've come back from uh, hiatus with all sorts of new vocabulary as well. Hey, we got to try new things, you know? Well, last week, as we record, um, was Labor Day. And I got this grand idea. A lot of times we... Um, you know, for summer, especially if we're doing the 4th of July or uh, even Christmas. But a lot of times here we'll do homemade ice cream as our dessert, for, you know, pretty much any holiday. And um, my dad had been doing it the last couple of times when my brother and his family were here and then 4th of July. And so he needed a break. So I decided I was going to make some homemade ice cream. And last year I had made um, some maple fig ice cream. Thank you, Giada, for your recipe. Um and I did that again. Now you, I don't know if you had one of those, Jacob. I made I made these ice pops, and I put the maple fig mixture in the ice pop, so it was not like a homemade ice cream. I don't think I, I don't think I had those. I don't know where I was at Labor Day though. Probably Pine Cove. <laughs> it was in the summer, so you're probably gone. Oh, yeah, I was definitely gone. So I made that, and and but as I'm as I tend to do, and this is this is the flavor part. I mean, the, as I tend to you know, Google around and find other recipes. I came across something called a raspberry flake. And basically what you do, this is just kind of a thing. I'd never wanted to do this before. A lot of ice cream recipes will say, you know, just before it freezes, 
open it and put the candy in or the cookie or whatever. And I've always thought, you know, the heck with that. I'm just going to put it in now and everything's worked out pretty well so far. But the idea is that, you know, it doesn't all go to the bottom or whatever. But this time I actually made essentially homemade magic shell. So you take chips and uh, the hard coconut oil, the stuff that's, that's solid at room temperature and melt it down. And so right before, and, and I actually did it this time, right before the freezer got, I, I just kind of was listening and waiting for it to sound like it's about to slow down. Uh, open up the top. You have to be careful now. This, so this is the flavor, the technique here. You have to be careful that you don't get a lot of rock salt, you know, going into the top of your ice cream freezer. Nice. If you have a fancy one that'll let you open it up or open a little hatch and that's even better. But this is just an old fashioned $3 uh, plastic ice cream freezer i got at a garage sale which works wonderfully but it's not fancy so so basically what i did was open it up and then just drizzle the magic shell type stuff into the top of the ice cream turn it back on let it spin around a few minutes um open it up you know until uh, until i had everything that i had made uh was in there and so what it ended up being was like little flakes like like sure enough chocolate chip ice cream now you oh, strawberry awesome. instead of raspberry because i had strawberries and i didn't have raspberries but um but anyway the magic shell chocolate chip or chocolate flake technique was pretty amazing. That sounds great. Used extra magic shell to put on top of it later. But you know, I, one of my favorite things here at our, our local bops custard is something called bops favorite, which is strawberry strawberries and uh, chocolate flakes in their custard. And so basically this is, that's kind of what it turned out to be. Uh, so now with a uh, more or less minimum effort, uh, I can make it myself. So that's my flavor. It is the, uh, the chocolate flake ice cream method. Nice. That sounds delicious. And I hate that. I missed that. Yeah. You, you, there's about a scoop left. <laughs> right and, it, and it will not be there by the time I get back to Mississippi. Probably not by the end of the night. Probably not either. Okay. So this is going to be really nerdy of me, but my favorite for this week is the Microsoft OneNote system. So for those at home, uh, I'm in seminary, so I have to read like 3,000 pages or something this semester because I ended up in all the super heavy reading classes. But so I've just been reading a lot. And one thing that I wanted to do was start to like categorize and like catalog what I had read and just start take notes and stuff so I could like come back to it, you know, in 10 years when I'm like, oh, man, I'm talking about this. I'm sure I read a book about this. So basically the OneNote system is part of the Microsoft lineup and you can do notebooks, you can do sections and pages. And I just basically use it for chapter summaries, book summaries. So every time I finish a book or finish a chapter, I just kind of jot down some notes and knowing that, you know, in 10 years I can come back to it, go to fall semester 2020 and there's all the books that I read and then chapter summaries of all of it. So, you know, I'm trying to, write down to remember more and then grow also grow my catalog of like things I can pull from for later life. So cool. Well, let's just, let's just hope for your sake that, you know, that program doesn't disappear in 10 years. Like, uh, like me, I had a bunch of stuff on Microsoft, uh, access, which no longer exists. And when I asked my nerdy friends how I could get it on, uh, I could, you know, transfer the data, like, yep, you're, you're out of luck. (laughs) So I had to open up my old laptop that had it on it and just print it out. Well, considering how many people use OneNote and love OneNote, I think it's going to stay around for a while. Well, let's check that out. 
All right. Well, thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed it and think others might enjoy it too, please share. Please give us a five-star rating if you think we deserve it. And review us on Apple Podcast or whatever platform you found us. And they are Legion. You can find us on the worldwide interweb at Vittle Vital Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Vittles and Vital Podcast on Facebook. And we'd love to hear from you. If you have an idea of a subject you'd like to hear us cover, shoot us a DM. And remember, if it's vital, look for the Vittles.